Hi, this is Jim Martin, and this is my encouragement note, number 74. First, the list of five. Number one, refresh and recharge. I love the following written by Billy Oppenheimer on December 11th. It speaks to how we might better work and focus. He writes, In a 12-year stretch, the legendary college basketball coach John Wooden won 10 NCAA championships. In that period, his teams won a record 88 consecutive games and seven championships. So thinking Wooden would find it impressive, a young go-getter once said to Wooden that he was plugged into his job 24-7, 365. And wouldn't ask, how much coffee does it take to do that? Wooden was, in, was interested in sustainable high performance, so he wasn't always plugged into his job. During practice two hours a day, I expected total and absolute concentration and participation, he wrote. However, once practice was over, basketball was over. He told his players outside those two hours to not think about basketball, to stay away from the weight room, to concentrate on things unrelated to basketball. I felt it important to refresh and recharge oneself, not to be so consumed with basketball that it becomes a chore. Wooden's wife, Nellie, said that because he left basketball on the basketball court, she could never tell if John had a good day or a bad day at practice. He left it behind at the office. Now, there is something valuable about not always working. When someone is attempting to do some serious thinking or problem solving, doing something besides directly working on the concern can actually be helpful. I recall feeling stuck at times, uh, trying to figure out a solution to a dilemma I was facing, and I would eventually go on and do other things. Often, later in the day, a thought would occur to me while I was exercising, having coffee with a friend, watching a game, or even while in the shower. The answers to some problems do not necessarily come by bearing down and staring them in the face. Now, this doesn't just speak to work concerns. I remember some occasions when I have been uncertain as to how to handle a difficult conversation with a friend or acquaintance. Then later, while I was doing something completely unrelated, it would occur to me how I might handle the situation. This is a reminder to me, perhaps you, to continue the practices that tend to refresh us. Exercise, reading something non-work related, walking talking with a friend or family member regarding something non-work related, these matter. And so what are the practices that tend to refresh you? Second, I've slept in a foxhole. I recently listened to a podcast in which the host, a former U.S. Marine and Medal of Honor recipient, interviews General James Mattis. When General Mattis, an esteemed and decorated former military general, showed up to record a podcast at the historic Willard Hotel, the host apologized. 
The chair wasn't exactly comfortable, the table was wobbly, and the microphone set up seemed awkward. I've slept in a foxhole, General Mattis replied. I've been in tougher circumstances than a hotel room in Washington, D.C. This is no problem at all. I've slept in a foxhole. When you and I are guests in when you or I are someone's guest at a coffee shop, at lunch, or even in someone's home or office, the situation is not always ideal. Perhaps the coffee's not very good. Maybe the lunch doesn't consist of our favorite foods. The home or office temperature may be too warm or too cold. Yet I don't have to let these circumstances dampen the conversation that is taking place. I can still be fully present and engaged. After all, this probably isn't the first time I've been in a situation in which the circumstances were less than ideal. I've slept in a foxhole. What matters is the conversation. What matters is the conversation, and that I be fully present in that moment. Will I behave in a way that is gracious and not allow the inconvenience? or the less-than-desirable surroundings to become my focal point. I sure hope not. Looking back, I hope I focused on the person and not how the surroundings did not suit me. Number three, Fresh Start 2023. You might enjoy the video that is on the uh, text of this encouragement note. It's a message that I preached at the very beginning of this new year, 2023. The text is Isaiah 41, 8 through 10. And you might notice in particular, verse 10, an encouraging word from God to Israel. And it's also an encouraging word to you and me. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. And I will strengthen you and help you. And I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Number four, suggestions for a new year. And this is especially for ministers and church leaders. James Clear, in his uh, newsletter dated June 4th of 2020, writes, Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. So, a few suggestions. Number one, what kind of person do you want to be? The answer to this question will help you formulate your habits, your practices, and your day. Number two, think small. If you want to be a particular kind of person, be intentional about incorporating small habits and practices into your daily life. They matter. Third, focus on your gratitude instead of your grievances. And yes, there may be a time to vocalize a grievance. However, I want to live out of my gratitude to God instead of living in reaction to my grievances. Four, know that your attitude is critical. As someone has said, life is about 10% of what happens to you and about 90% of how you respond to it. 
Your attitude is more important than your connections, your intellect, your insight, etc. Your attitude will make an incredible difference in your ministry. So much of ministry is about how you respond to what actually happens instead of being resentful of your circumstances. Five, this is a great time to get out of ruts and create new habits. This can give you renewed energy. And if you want to be a person who has renewed energy, make sure your habits reflect such a commitment. Your eating, your sleep, exercise, etc. Six, explore. What a wonderful time to get to know a city, a new small town, or a new coffee shop. Seven, read, listen to podcasts, watch videos. But don't just read, listen, and watch the same materials as your friends. Broaden the authors and subjects selected. Pay attention to authors and resource persons who bring value, but may be different from those many of your peers are paying attention to. Eight, prepare to experience some great moments this year. Prepare to experience some very hard moments this year. Develop habits and practices and systems that will help you have stamina through the hard times. Know that many in your congregation are also going through hard times. And you might ask, what's it like to experience unexpected job loss, depression, unwanted divorce, cancer, etc.? Nine, dare to ask for help. It might be a friend, a shepherd in your church, a mentor, a coach, a therapist, a spiritual director. Dare to ask for help. Number 10, trust God. He has you in the palm of his hand. Number five, etc. Reading, listening. Some of you might enjoy some of the resources I've listed here. But I want to encourage all of you to watch the video, number number four. Watch the video, the children, the kids from Hopkins, Minnesota. It is moving. I hope you have a great rest of the week. Thank you for listening to this encouragement note number 74. I always love to hear from you. Please feel free to write.